take advantage of every opportunity to preach Krishna consciousness. And he wouldn't necessarily always go into a lot of leela and so on, and but that's there's nothing wrong with doing that. But I'm using that as a justification for not having prepared something specifically for Lord Balaram. But I will try to segue into glorification of Lord Balaram as the original spiritual master. Um, so in the purport, Prabhupada talked about the combined action of the four orders creates a favorable, favorable environment for self-realization. And uh, of course, self-realization, the whole idea of self-realization is <clears throat> realize yourself and concomitantly what is our self-interest. If we realize ourself, um, what is our real self-interest? And Prahlad Maharaj is a famous verse that Prabhupada would quote often, Nate Vidu Sarva Gatimi Vishnum, Darasha Yi by her Arthamanina. Adanta, no. Adanta, no. No, no, but the uh, following the blind, leading the blind. Oh. Are we getting our verses mixed in? I think so. Anyways, maybe Krishna will mercifully reveal it to us. Dharasha, yeah, by Hamartana. That's a different version. <laughs> Anyways, the essence is that people generally don't know what their real self-interest is and then and therefore they end up because the nature as Krishna describes in Bhagavad Gita <laughs> because the nature of because ultimately Krishna is the supreme leader the supreme uh, example and our nature is to adore and worship Krishna. So we, we, the reflection of that is in the material world, Krishna describes how whatever actions a great man performs, common men follow in their footsteps. So the, the, the nature of wanting to put up exemplary people on a pedestal and worship them, is, it's natural because it's, it's the nature in the spiritual world. But of course, it's it's perverted in the in this in the material world. Although in the Varnashram institution, when things are healthy spiritually, when when religious principles are being followed, there were actually great personalities. Especially we read about great kings, you know, who were very exemplary in their character and were very um, um, concerned about the upliftment materially and spiritually of, of the citizens. Um, and Prabhupada's again explaining that this, it, when there is proper functioning of the various castes and orders of life, it creates a favorable environment. But a favorable environment isn't necessarily the only thing that, you know, we still have to sort of surrender to Krishna. We still have to do our, our part. We have to endeavor. But it's much more conducive when you have an environment that's favorable you know when you have when you have a social system that supports and encourages the members to aspire for spiritual perfection which is not the case today um, at least in external society when we try to um, Create that environment, at least within the four, I won't say the four walls, but the walls of the compound. We have a, but on a, on a on a greater scale, imagine you know if we had the whole society, you know everywhere you went when you went to the store, you know well not even the store, but there probably weren't stores like grocery stores in Vedic time. There's always been a market marketplace, but if if everything was like when you go to India, you know, even in the cities, you know, it's like you see the stores, Krishna jewelers, you know, 
Rama, whatever, grocery, or, you know, like, you know, at least there's names of Krishna and there's, you know, um, various various things that would remind you of Krishna. And it's always like a culture shock when you come back to the West. Although I haven't been, in, well, I was in India four or five years ago, but I didn't go really too much outside of Mayapur, you know, other than landing in Calcutta and trying to close my eyes to that whole scene. Anyhow, but the, the idea of creating a favorable environment and Varn Ashram supports that environment. And, um, but first we have to establish who we are in order to understand what our purpose is. That's the whole point of, of what is our real self-interest. That was Prahlad Maharaj is saying, people don't know their real self-interest. So, and Prabhupada gave the example, if you have the, uh, you know, you start out with a mathematical calculation. If you start out with the wrong initial, say, balance in your check, checking account, even though if you properly do all the adding and subtracting, you're going to come up with the wrong number because you start out with the wrong. So even, even people may be well-intentioned to try to uplift society, but if they don't start from the point that we're not bodies, that we're spirit souls and that our, our, relation, our eternal relationship uh, is that of servant of Krishna, then it's doomed for failure. And no matter what governmental system you have, it's all it's all going to become a mess. So, um, but the Varn Ashram is really it's just on the material it's on the material level based on your material conditioning, and those duties change throughout your life depending on whatever particular station in life you're in, Brahmachari, Grihastha, Banaras, Sanyas. And it's interesting how Prabhupada describes how each of these four orders, the nucleus is one of the four legs of religion. Although in, elsewhere in the Bhagavatam, the four legs of religion are described to be mercy, cleanliness, austerity, and truthfulness. So here it's a little, little different angle. Um, education, charity, penance, and truth. Um, but he, Prabhupada is pointing out that in each of these uh, ashrams, these four legs are particularly developed. And the first one, brahmacharya, education, uh, charity in the grihastha ashram, penance in the vanaprast ashram, and truth in the sannyasa ashram. So Prabhupada is giving you know, sort of a synopsis of, of what the, what is meant, what, what type of character is especially meant at, at different stages of life that we really develop these, Prabhupada says, the nucleus of these four social orders. And then he, he talks about the beginning is brahmachari life and, and student life, education. And uh, it's interesting how Prabhupada said that education is, is meant for purifying the animal propensities of the human being. And the highest purificatory process is knowledge of the Supreme Personality of God and the purest of the pure. And in, in the first canto of the Bhagavatam, chapter 3, Krishna is the source of all incarnations, there's a purport that describes the importance of purifying the animal propensities in order to hear with rapt attention. So the, the verse, um, uh, who is speaking here? Is it Sutta? Sutta Goswami must be speaking. O learned Brahmins, when Shukadeva Goswami recited Bhagavatam there in the presence of Emperor Pariksit, I heard him with rapt attention. And thus by his mercy, I learned the Bhagavatam from that great and powerful sage. Now I shall try to make you hear the very same things. I learned it from him and have realized it. <clears throat> so in the purport, it says, one should hear with rapt attention from the real purpose or from the real person. Simple hearing is not all. One must realize the text with proper attention. One should hear with rap. Oh, I'm sorry. The secret of knowing mentioned. The secret of knowing Bhagavatam is mentioned here. No one can give rapt attention who is not pure in mind. No one can be pure in mind who is not pure in action. No one can be pure in action who is not pure in eating, sleeping, fearing, and mating. 
So in order to hear the Supreme Pure as Prabhupada, he ends the purport, today's purport, with the highest purificatory process is knowledge of the Supreme Personality God and the purest of the pure. So hearing about Krishna, hearing the knowledge of Krishna, which is absolute, which is non-different from Krishna, the purest of the pure, then one is described also in the second chapter of the first canto, how Sri Krishna sitting in the core of the heart, there's a super soul, who's a benefactor of the truthful devotee, cleanses desire for material enjoyment for one who has developed an eagerness to hear his messages. So this is the the substance of brahmacharya life or student life is to develop this ability to hear from the spiritual master with rapt attention, with submissively and without being diverted, distracted by uh, material desires. There was something else I was going to say before we segue into Lord Balaram. Oh, um, I don't know why this just came into my mind, but becoming self-realized is generally a, because oh, of the Varnashram, it's generally, becoming self-realized is generally a gradual, lifelong process. And the Varnashram institution is that safety net or that, that, that uh, support of a life of Krishna consciousness. And, and we hear sometimes how one can immediately become Krishna conscious. You can surrender in a moment. And, and we often hear about one can very quickly or very soon um, you know, attain perfection. There are various verses, especially like at the end of the chapters of Bhagavatam and CC. You know, one who hears this this pastime, you know, becomes free from all, you know, whatever, material desires and immediately attains. So I don't have a direct reference quote from Prabhupada or some scriptural thing, but I've heard from various devotees that, that that very quickly or very soon means within this lifetime. That in, in the span of, or the course of millions and millions of lifetimes, this one spot life of 60, 70 years, 80 years if you're lucky. Um, that's just a, it's just a flash. You know, it's really, so very soon me is especially encouraging us that within this lifetime, we can actually become Krishna conscious if we have uh, the blessings of a bona fide spiritual master in our life. So on that note, we'll spontaneously try to say something about Lord Balaram. It just, it's just escaped me when I, the last few days when I was thinking about what to speak and then it was just like, yeah, it's Lord Balaram's appearance. And I was just thinking of this evening and the initiate, and I wasn't thinking about. So uh, anyhow, Lord Balaram, um, especially um, Bala means spiritual strength. And uh, and Prabhupada, you know, would often connect, you know, that Lord Balram is the original spiritual master. And that one's, and it doesn't have anything to do with any material qualification. There's no strength in having material qualifications. It's all, it's all really contingent on, who was talking about this? Somebody was talking about this, that there's, there's an intervention in the life of the conditioned soul. And that intervention is Krishna in his various features, but especially in the form of the spiritual master, that there's Diksha and Shiksha gurus, that, that we're on this, you'd say, we're off course, in, in especially in Kali Yuga, that we've, um, our, our, our unnatural, naturalness, if that makes any sense. We're unnaturally, uh, or just the conditioned soul in general is unnaturally inclined uh, to sense gratification and is averse to devotional service. It, it's, it's uh, we were talking about lunch the other day, you know, our samskaras, our grooves, the, 
the groove, like in a, in a record, when they would put the needle in a little groove, you can't really see it so easily. You just look at a record, but if you had a like a microscope or something, you could see there are these grooves in the record, and the needle rests in these grooves. So it's it's the default, um, especially because of our upbringing in Kali Yuga, the the emphasis throughout our upbringing and the propaganda all around us is sense gratification is the goal of life. And re referencing Prahlad again, you know, the, the blind leading the blind, um, the natural tendency for us to follow great personalities when they are advocating a life of, of sense gratification and, and promising us, you know, if you elect, elect me, I will facilitate your sense gratification. Um, you see, it's just it, it, the blind leading the blind, and they everybody falls into the ditch. The whole thing collapses, and as and Kali Yuga, as it progresses more and more, it's just I was trying to think of a. Uh, so Dominic asked me about giving you know Sunday feast class next month, and I was trying to think of something relevant. And because of all the political turmoil, it came to my mind. There's a line from a famous book of Charles Dickens called A Tale of Two Cities, and it opens up, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was just prior to the French Revolution. And um, we, are, we are in Kali Yuga, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. It's, it's spiritually disadvantageous in that there's such a under, undertow of um, materialism of sense gratification that it doesn't take much for us to, to stumble back even when takes up spiritual life it doesn't take much to stumble back into a life of sense gratification because the, we become swallowed up by the external society very quickly um, but it's the best of times so it's the worst of times in that regard but it's the best of times that Sri Taitani Mahaprabhu came and gave us this most sublime process of chanting Hare Krishna and what could, what could not be obtained in previous ages through thousands and thousands of years of meditation great fire, great fire sacrifices or optimum temple worship can be attained in, in Kali Yuga but tying it back to Lord Balaram and the intervention, the intervention of Lord Nityananda and Jagai and Madai, that it was the intervention of Lord Nityananda that say, even though Lord Chaitanya, I mean, it's all coming from Krishna, it's all coming from Lord Chaitanya, but, but these different manifestations, Lord Nityananda or Lord Balaram is a particular manifestation of Krishna who is sort of the intervener, you know, is that a word? Intervener? That sounds a little weird. The inter intervening agent of Krishna. Uh, that Krishna extends himself specifically. Um, and even the whole manifestation of the material world, it's, you know, Lord Balaram is the first expansion of Krishna. And from Lord Balaram, then there's that the Chatur Vyuha, you know, the four Vishnu. Expansions, Prajumna, Nibhuti, Sankarshan, and what's the other one? Yeah. And then from the next one, then, then there's a there's a second quadruple expansion. Anyways, that's how the whole material world is coming. Ultimately, you know, these are expansions of Krishna, but the first expansion is, is Lord Balaram. So, and the whole material world is that facility. It's it's a we spoke last time about how the whole material world is really a great manifestation of Krishna's mercy. That we've, we've turned away from Krishna and Krishna is not holding it against us. He's facilitating our, you know, our desires to, to try to enjoy separately from him. And this is all coming from Lord Balaram. He's sustaining. He's the sustainer. So the spiritual master is sustaining the, that spiritual strength, Bala, is sustaining the disciples specifically through the, their instructions. And that is the, the intervention of the, the spiritual master is that 
they're giving spiritual instructions and that strength is by adhering to the orders of the spiritual master and Prabhupada would oftentimes cite like I have no personal qualification if I have any quality you know he would say I have no personal qualification but if I have any qualification it's that I simply try to follow the instructions of my spiritual master you know he was ordered by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta to come and preach Krishna consciousness in the western countries English speaking language and that Prabhupada said was his qualification. I have no personal qualification, but I do have a qualification in that I have the instructions of a bona fide spiritual master and by rigidly uh, following the instructions of the bona fide spiritual master, one becomes empowered to spread Krishna consciousness. Um, Krishna Kali Kalera Dharma Krishna Nama Sankirtan Krishna Shakti Vinanahi Tata Pavartana the, the fundamental religious practice in the age of Kali is the chanting of the holy names of the Lord unless one is empowered by Krishna they cannot spread you know the, the Sankirtan movement so unless one is empowered but that empowerment is available to everyone but, but it requires our endeavor to execute, you know, the, the determination, the desire, the desire to please the spiritual master is synonymous with the desire to please Krishna. And uh, Lord Balaram's uh, pastimes, Radha Swami was saying that uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, you know, he describes how the different demons in Krishna Leela represent different anartas. And the demons that Lord Balaram kills are especially difficult to rid us from. Therefore, Lord Balaram kills them so that it's, it's emphasizing that we especially need the mercy of Balaram, the spiritual master, to kill these particular demons. So there's... Uh, who, who was the first demon that Lord Balaram killed with the slugging him on the head? On the, they were playing... Uh, not cops and robbers, what were they? They were playing... Uh, who's the demon who that Lord Balaram was riding on? Palumbasaur. And I can't remember. I would see if I would have prepared a little more, I would have had... But anyways, the particular demon, or the particular anarta that Palumbasaur, you know, represents specifically, you know, especially difficult, you know, to deal with and... If I knew it, I would tell it, but I don't know it. So, and uh, who else? Balaram killed. Uh, the, who was it? The king of uh, the one that he smashed his teeth. Uh, king of Kalinda, Kalinda, because because Krishna married Kalindi, so wasn't it the king of Kalinda? Or... Anyways, he was he was. Uh, moving his eyebrows and showing his teeth like, hey, 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 you know, and, and he kept on doing that. They were playing chess and he was cheating Lord Balaram. And he would make these facial gestures, like, nee, 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 you know, so that at a certain, a certain point, Lord Balaram says, enough is enough. And maybe we should just read it, you know. It's, that's, a, that's one of our favorite things, you know. We, it's funny because you know, like the violence that's so prevalent in, in you know, modern television and movies and everything. It's like, because violence is ultimately there, they're fighting, you know, and it's there, it's a fighting propensities in Krishna, but there's, you can purify, just like in the purport that we read today, the, the, the point of brahmachari student life is to purify the animal propensities of eating, sleeping, it doesn't say negate them, but to purify them. So everything has its source in Krishna. So Lord Balram seems to be especially, and then it was, uh, who else? The uh, Denikasura, you know, Lord Balram was, uh, whipped him around. I think I remember uh, Alambasura represented like false prestige, and then Denikasura I think represented gross, like gross instead of Something like, Dana was like an ass, you know? 
Yeah. Let me see. He got really big. He got really popped up. He smashed him on the head. Let me see if I can. Uh, Demons killed by Lord Balram represent. Let's see what. Shriman Ganga Google Prabhu <laughs> has to say. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's from Ramapad Swami, legitimate source. Okay, this is from his website and it's loading very slowly for some reason. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. We need to be on the patio to get a better signal. I mean, Galinda's patio, not out on the patio. Okay, here we go. Quit. Well, let's, let's see. Okay, here we go. Balaram. The wonderful childhood activities of Krishna and Balaram and Vrindavan attract the hearts of everyone. In such a charming poetic way, Krishna describes the beauty and enchantment of Vrindavan. Balaram, oh, I'm sorry, where the two brothers enjoy pastimes together daily. Balaram gives spiritual strength to overcome anything that opposes devotion to Krishna. Therefore, Balaram is the original spiritual master, and he supplies the spiritual strength empowering those who are serving as spiritual masters so that they may function as deliverers of souls from the clutches of Maya. The two demons killed by Balaram and the anartas which these two represent are worth special consideration. According to Bhaktivinoda Thakur, we particularly need to pay attention to these areas. Okay. Instructions are given by the spiritual master which are needed to clear these obstacles and all the strength necessary to successfully execute the instructions of the spiritual master are within his instructions. I'll read that again. All the strength necessary to successfully execute the instructions of the spiritual master are within his instructions via the strength of the original spiritual master, Lord Balram. But we must diligently work on these two areas to come to the qualified stage of pure devotional service. Well, it doesn't say what the two are. Overcoming demoniac tendencies. Well, let's see what happens here. Well, here it says meditation. Balaram's childhood. Yeah, I guess I'll just read this. Some other Krishna had me going here. During their formative years, Sri Balaram and his younger brother Sri Krishna played and acted just like normal coward boys, except for the events brought about by the unkind acts of certain demons. These extraordinary activities were played out for the enjoyment and salvation of jivas in the material world. Krishna and his brother Balaram passed the childhood age known as Kumara and stepped into the age known as Pauganda from the sixth year up to the tenth. At that time, all the coward men conferred and agreed to give those boys who had passed their fifth year charge of the cows in the pasturing grounds. Given charge of the cows, Krishna and Balaram traversed Vrindavan purifying the land with their foot footprints. Accompanied by the coward boys in Balaram, Krishna herded the cows and played on his flute through the forest of Vrindavan, which was full of flowers, vegetables, and pasturing grass. I'm just thinking if I need to skip forward here. Uh, the Vrindavan forest was sanctified as the clear... This looks like it's right out of Krishna book. The Vrindavan forest was sanctified as the clear mind of a devotee and was full of bees, flowers, and fruits. There were chirping birds. 
and clear lakes with waters that could relieve one of all fatigue. Sweet fragrance, breeze, sweet fragranced breezes blew always, refreshing the mind and body. Seeing the favorable situation, Krishna Balaram and their coward boyfriends entered the forest and enjoyed the atmosphere to the fullest extent. Krishna saw that all the trees, overloaded as they were with fruits and fresh twigs, were bending down to touch the ground as if welcoming him by touching his lotus feet. He was very pleased by the behavior of the trees. And it's, there's a nice, uh, I'll just add a little footnote here, that when the, the trees overloaded with these fruits, they would look like they were bowing down. And the idea is that the more one has the fruit of love of God, then the more humble one becomes. You naturally, so that the, the, the trees are sort of representing you know, the fruits of love of God that is manifest in the humble behavior of the devotee. Uh, he was very pleased by the behavior of the trees, fruits and flowers, and he began to smile, realizing their desires. Krishna then spoke to Balaram as follows, My dear brother, you are superior to all of us, and your lotus feet are worshipped by the demigods. Just see how these trees full of fruits have bent down to worship your lotus feet. It appears that they are trying to get out of the darkness of being obliged to accept the form of trees. Actually, the trees born in the land of Vrindavan are not ordinary living entities. Having held the impersonal point of view in their past lives, they now have the opportunity of seeing you in Vrindavan. And they are praying for further advancement in spiritual life through your personal association. The herbs, creepers, and grass are also fortunate to touch your lotus feet. And by your touching twigs with your hands, these small plants are also made glorious. As for the hills and rivers, they too are now glorious because you are now glancing at them. Above all, the damsels of Raja, the gopis, attracted by your beauty, are most glorious. For you embrace them with your strong arms. In this way, Krishna and Balaram enjoyed in the forest of Vrindavan to their fullest satisfaction along with the cows and the cowherd boys. Okay, I gotta skip ahead here a little bit because it's gonna take too long. So they're in the Taliban forest. Um, oh Rama, oh Krishna, here's the cowherd boys. Oh, oh Rama, oh Krishna, Danica is the most powerful demon in the form of an ass. He is surrounded by many friends who assume similar shapes and who are just as powerful as he. Danica has eaten men alive, and therefore all people and animals are terrified of going to the Tala forest. O killer of the enemy, even the birds are afraid to fly there. In the Tala forest are sweet-smelling fruits no one has ever tasted. Indeed, even now we can smell the fragrance of the tall fruits spreading all about. O Krishna, please get those fruits for us. Our minds are so attracted by their aroma. Dear Balaram, our desire is to have those our desire to have those fruits is very great. Now, it's interesting, when the coward boys have these desires, uh, I can't remember who's explaining this, um, but what's actually happening is the coward boys are really in tune with Krishna's desires. But because Krishna will always want to fulfill the desires of the devotees, they say that it's their desire, but they actually know it's Krishna's desire. So they, they say like that. They're so, you know, the oneness that we speak of, Prabhupada always says, it's, it's a oneness in purpose, you know, the oneness in love. So the beloved and the lover and the beloved, they know one another's desires. So the coward boys are saying, we'd really like to taste those fruits, but, but that they know that Krishna wants to taste. Uh, if you think it's a good idea too, let's go to the Tal forest. Tala. Hearing the words of their dear companions, Krishna and Balaram laughed and, desiring to please them, set off for the Tala forest, surrounded by their coward boyfriends. Lord Balaram entered the Tala forest first. With his arms, he began shaking the trees with the power of a maddened elephant, causing the Tala fruits to fall to the ground. Hearing the sound of the falling fruits, the ass demon Denaka ran to attack Lord Balaram, making the earth and trees tremble. 
The powerful demon rushed up to Lord Balaram and sharply struck his chest with the hooves of his hind legs. Then Danica began to run about, braying loudly. Again the, again, the furious ass rushed toward Balaram and situated himself with his back feet toward the Lord. Then, screaming in rage, the demon hurled his hind legs toward him. Lord Balaram seized Danica by his hooves, whirled him about with one hand, and threw him into the top of a palm tree. The violent, wheeling motion killed the demon. Lord Balaram threw the dead body of Danikasura into the tallest palm tree in the forest, and when the body landed in the treetop, the tree began shaking. The great palm tree first caused a tree by its side to shake, and then it broke under the weight of the demon. As the second tree shook, it caused a third one to shake. In this way, a chain reaction was created, and many trees in the forest shook and broke. Thoroughly enraged by the death of Danuka, the remaining ass demons ran to attack Krishna and Balaram. As the demons attacked, Krishna and Balaram easily seized them one after another by their hind legs and threw them all into the tops of the palm trees. So here is the killing of Palambasura. So after the game, the losers would have to carry the back on their backs, the, the winners. So after the cowherd boys, in these games, uh, in these games, the winners would climb on the back of the losers who would have to carry them, thus carrying and being carried by one another, and at the same time tending the cows, the boys went to a banyan tree known as Bandiraka. When Sridham, Rishaba, and the other members of Lord Balaram's party were victorious in these games, Krishna and his followers had to carry them. Thus Krishna had to carry Sridham, Badrasena had to carry Rishaba, and Pralamba had to carry Balaram. And what did Pralamba did he oh he 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 appeared as a coward boy to, to play with them. These mystic yogis, they had the power to transform themselves. Considering Lord Krishna invincible, the demon Pralamba quickly carried Balaram far beyond the spot where he was supposed to put his passenger down. As the great demon carried Balaram, the Lord became as massive as Mount Sameru, and Pralamba had to slow down. Pralambasura then resumed his actual form, an effulgent body that was covered with golden ornaments and that resembled a cloud flashing with lightning and carrying the moon. And we can meditate that in the next monsoon when you see the, the flash of lightning and so on. Thank you, Lord. Balaram on top of Columbus. When Lord, when Lord Balaram saw the gigantic body of the demon as he moved swiftly in the sky with his blazing eyes, fiery hair, terrible teeth reaching toward his scowling brows, and amazing effulgence generated by his armlets, crowns, and earrings, the Lord seemed to become a little frightened. Remembering the actual situation, the fearless Balaram understood that the demon was trying to kidnap him and take him away from his companions. The Lord then became furious and struck the demon's head with his hard fist, just as Indra, the king of the demigod, strikes a mountain with his thunderbolt weapons. Thus smashed by Lord Balaram's fist, Pralama's head immediately cracked open. The demon vomited blood from his mouth and lost all consciousness, and then, with a great noise, he fell lifeless to the ground, like a mountain devastated by Indra. The coward boys were most astonished to see how the powerful Balaram had killed the demon Pralamba, and they exclaimed, Excellent! Excellent! They offered Balaram profuse benedictions and glorified him. Their minds, overwhelmed with ecstatic love, they embraced him as if he had returned from the dead. So done. This is a quote from uh, the Krishna Samhita by Bhakti Thakur. If a devotee cries out humbly and sincerely to Lord Krishna to remove these demoniac qualities which are represented by the demons killed by Lord Krishna, then Sri Krishna himself will remove those evils. If a devotee cries out humbly and sincerely 
to Lord Krishna to remove these demoniac qualities which are represented by the demons killed by Lord Krishna, then Sri Krishna himself will remove those evils. But the devotees must personally work to drive out the anartas represented by the demons killed by Lord Balaram. That's interesting. This is a mystery of Braja Bhaja. The aspirant must personally remove these strong impediments with his best care and efforts and by obtaining the mercy of Krishna. If the devotee's humility becomes very deep and intense, Krishna will be merciful. In that case, the feeling of Lord Balaram will arise in his mind and quickly destroy these demoniac qualities. Then one will gradually improve his cultivation of bhaja. That's pretty far out. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur explains in Sri Chaitanya Shiksamrita, these are two demons killed by Sri Baladev, but the contaminations they represent will have to be removed by dint of the devotee's own endeavors. This is one of the secret mysteries of Braja Bhakti. The ass demon Denakasura represents the bad mentality of overburdened, load carrying. And the Pralamba Sura demon represents lust for the company of the opposite sex, as well as the desire for profit, adoration, and distinction. So I'm not sure what that means. Overburdened load, the mentality of overburdened load carrying, like over collecting. Okay, so let's see, maybe there's a little more elaboration here. Um, when a devotee endeavors with enthusiasm to remove these contaminations, then by Lord Balram's mercy, they will be cast far away. <clears throat> Denikasura causes complete and total ignorance of one's eternal identity. It also stimulates foolish misconceptions about the eternal nature of the holy name of the Lord. Plus, it misdirects one with delusions about what is actually worshipable. These contaminations must be cast out through great endeavor on the part of the devotee. The demons killed by Lord Balaram represent different anartas, which are as follows, Denikasura and other asses, ignorance of the truth due to idiot idiocy, loss of knowledge of one's spiritual identity, Ignorance concerning the non-difference of Krishna and his name and ignorance of our relationship with Krishna. The killing of Palambasura removes, I have trouble pronouncing this, licentiousness, which means like super lusting, like no, no control over one's sexual desires. Uh, removes licentiousness, personal gain, worship, and honor. You see this gross and subtle sex life. Well, that'll be nice meditation for the next monsoon storm. The lightning and the thunder is representing Palomasura. Srila <laughs> Prabhupada offers further enlightenment about the powerful mercy of Lord Balaram. The word of the word of knowledge is given by Krishna, and when one serves the Guru and Krishna in order to hold the sword of Krishna's instructions, Balaram gives one strength. Balaram is Nityananda. Thus, one should accept the sword of knowledge from Krishna and be strong by the mercy of Balaram. We are therefore worshiping Krishna Balaram in Vrindavan. That's nice. So. Because in, this, in the end of the fourth chapter, Transcendental Knowledge, Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, 
Tasmat, this is one of my famous verses, it was one of the first ones I ever learned. Tasmat agyana sambhutam ritsan jnana sanatmana chitvainam samsayam yogam atishtatishtabharata. Therefore, the doubts which have arisen in your heart due to ignorance should be slashed with the weapon of knowledge, the sword of knowledge. Armed with yoga, Obarata, stand and fight. So knowledge is a sword which can cut. And oftentimes, knowledge and detachment are, are not equated, but one follows the other. With knowledge comes detachment. So the sword of knowledge is held in your hand and the strength in your hand is Balaram. That's far out. That's a nice meditation. All right, anyone have any Balaram realizations they want to share? Yes. That I read? That ignorance or doubts, um, Krishna says, they should be slashed with the weapon of knowledge, that sword of knowledge. Chit by num. Asina, what is it? Chit by num, samsayam yogam. The doubts are compared to, uh, doubts are ignorance. The demon of doubt, and Krishna's Madhusudana, killer of the demon of doubt. So transcendental knowledge. Is, is the sword that cuts our attachment. And Lord Balaram is the strength that we have to hold on to that sword of transcendental knowledge. Can you say something? Well, that was just a really beautiful description. I thought you read that before. Yeah. Yeah. Like how he was describing yeah, it's like we have to we have to do our part you know because sometimes like because mercy could be especially when we hear the word causeless mercy we say like it's, it's just it's just coming of no accord but Maharaj is describing that the causeless mercy in his explanation was that you take one step towards Krishna, he takes ten towards you. Like you could say in a sense there's a disproportionate, you know, like Krishna's his causeless mercy is you you you're getting more than you deserve. I mean, mercy by sort of by definition by definition, mercy is sort of causeless in the sense that it's um it's given, mercy is bestowed by someone in a superior position, like say a judge. Say you were convicted of a crime and then now it's time for sentencing. So the judge determines what the sentence is. The jury may convict them, but it's the judge who determines what the sentence will be. So sometimes they'll have like, you know, family members or friends or something will appeal to the judge, you know, be merciful. You know, he's, you know, he's actually a good person. He just slipped up or what, you know, be merciful. You know, the judge has that power. So again, it's kind of, you know, it's this intervention. You know, we deserve like more punishment in a sense for our misdeeds, but it's the intervention of Balaram, the spiritual master, Lord Nityananda. It's this intervention on our behalf as, as Krishna intervened or, or delivered Putana, who came to kill him, but saw that there was some motherly, you know, and that's what Krishna focused on, you know, like, so you just see the nature of Krishna manifest through his devotee, because there's that purport, which was always a little bewildering when, when Krishna's in the Bhagavad Gita, he says, so as not to disrupt the minds of those, uh, you shouldn't, uh, just set a good example, but don't disrupt their minds, you know, like, but then the purple prophet said, but the devotees of the Lord are more merciful than the Lord. They'll, they'll intervene, like they'll, they'll step in and preach to people, you know, who are going off the rails, so to speak. They'll, it's this very unique, um, you know, the devotee is glorified 
you know, and, and, and we hear so much about worship of the devotee is more important than worship of the Lord. You know, Lord Shiva describes that famous verse, of all varieties of worship, worship of Lord Vishnu is best, but even more is the worship of things in relationship to Lord Vishnu. So, of course, it's all coming from Krishna, but it's manifest, Krishna's mercy is specifically manifest in Radharani, her compassion, and Nityananda. Therefore, the spiritual master is considered, considered either one of two, uh, an intimate associate of Srimati Radharani or an expansion of Lord Balaram, of Lord Nityananda. That's in the CC, by the way. Then. There's a famous video that Gurudev always likes to point to where uh, Prabhupada was giving a lecture and one of the students had asked, Take, or how quickly can one take like pure Christian consciousness or take Christian consciousness and he said one minute and so that's kind of a contrast to like you were saying at the end of like most of the purports and like the CC and Srimad Bhagavatam it says very quickly one will attain to and that it is in consideration of the entire lifespan but too there's those instantaneous moments of mercy where like Dhruva Maharaj you know, we wanted so many different things, and just by the sight of the Supreme Lord, he just lost all propensity for all of that instantly, like that. So, I think that that works both ways. There's that balance where endeavor for a long enough time span, there's fruits that come from that, but then there's also causeless, instantaneous moments of here you go. Well, you could also say in a in a minute. Okay, whose minute? Lord Brahma's minute is many years in the earth plan. <laughs> but uh, um, it's, it's no doubt. And, and, Pra, and there's, when Prabhupada was in Melbourne, Australia, there's a video of it you can see. And somebody asked um, something along these lines about how long does it take. And, and Prabhupada, you know, kind of strongly went, you know, one moment, you know, but, you know, are you willing to... Do I mean yes? It's true. It's generally pretty extraordinary, or it's not the general. Generally, it's a very long and gradual process. But if someone is determined, and Dhruva Maharaj, especially Dhruva, means determined. You know his name, determined. So if one is especially determined. Uh, but you know, we don't know the background in previous lives, you know, because devotional service is it's described in the nectar of devotion, it's a continuum from previous lives. So so to say someone immediately in one particular given life surrendered, I mean we don't know what the background is, previous lives, so but it's it you know, in terms of Krishna's mercy can be obtained in a moment, it's it's if our if our desire and that's the whole Rupa Goswami's uh, explanation of what is the price, you know, it's one's intense desire for lowlyum greed. So it, it, the whole process of devotion, of regulative bhakti yoga is to uh, strengthen and nourish that desire. So if we, and because in the, in the 12th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, just think of me, just absorb your mind. And think, if you can't do that, practice the regulations of bhakti yoga and that way develop a desire to attain me. So, and then, you know, goes the whole, so it's it's covering a whole spectrum of personalities. But yes, there are exceptional personalities and they're in the Bhagavatam. Maharaj cut 